Now, where did I put it? Hmm. Ah, here it is. Welcome to the Toolbox, where we discuss the tools we utilize every day. Yours to use or toss, it's up to you. But I hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is uh, Tools to the Toolbox. Once again, you know me, I am Chance Burles, and uh, I have another fantastic guest for you here. He is one of my brothers from back in the day. We used to teach together, but uh, I'll let him explain it himself. So, who are you, and what is your military background? Uh, thanks, Chance. Uh, it's great to be uh, on your show. Uh, I know it's mm -hmm. been... Uh, a little bit of time in the making, but I'm looking forward to a fantastic conversation. Uh, my name is Ashley Doyle. Uh, I served 21 years in the Canadian Armed Forces. I've spent time in the primary reserves with the 4800s of Canada in Toronto, Ontario, and I've also spent time in the regular force with the Royal Canadian Regiment serving in the 3rd and 1st Battalions. Man, good long career. Uh, when, when did you get out? Uh, I retired in February 2020, so we're just past the two-year mark. Month. That's right, yeah. Right, so yeah. I uh, retired as a warrant a officer, and um, yeah. So what are you? What have you been doing in the last couple of years? I've done a couple of things yeah. <laughs> since, since I've gotten out. Um, when I got out, it was a, a quick flash to bang. It was a 30-day release. So I went right into a position with Spartan Race Canada as a race director. Uh, for mm -hmm. for Canada, and uh, and then you know Corona hit, uh, COVID. You know it was kind of that knock on effect. It affected all industries, including the event space. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, I pivoted into school. So went to post secondary, uh, enrolled in uh, cybersecurity, and uh, did that for a bit. And uh, currently, right now, I'm actually participating in the rehabilitation program for Veterans Affairs uh, to address some of my physical injuries and ailments that I'm still dealing with. Wicked. Yeah. I mean, the uh, it's surprising because when guys were first getting out and uh, like Afghan vets were starting to get out, there was not a lot of programs. And it's nice to see now that there are some serious uh, developed programs coming out of the VA. Uh, still not perfect what is, but uh, I think it's getting better over the last little while. How would you describe your transition? Do you think it went well? Do you think it not so well? I think my transition went pretty good. Like I yeah. said, it was a it was a thirty day release. Like it was a quick flash to bang. Um, the chain of command was very supportive. Uh, everybody worked super hard to you know set me up for success for the next bound. Uh, and a lot of the onus was on myself as well. Uh, so we everybody just kind of worked together and we we managed to get it done. As far as the transition piece goes. I literally retired on a Friday. On a Monday, I started with Spartan Race. And on Wednesday, I was in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, working races. Wow. Wow. So as far as the transition, there really wasn't much of a transition. It kind of <laughs> went from one thing right into the next. And then yeah. um, same for the schooling, too. So I, uh, I finished up with Spartan Race in the fall. Um, and then I... Just prior to that coming to a close, I was trying to think, okay, what's the next bound? Where am I going to pivot? What am I going to pivot into? And uh, that's when I pivoted into cybersecurity. So January 4th, I was already first day of school. Man. So well, then here's the real question. Could you have done it better? 
Like looking I back my, on it. I would say in my specific situation, not really. Or no, let me let me let me adjust that. Uh, I would say for me, my biggest issue was probably the medical piece. Mm-hmm. So same issue that I'm kind of issues I'm dealing with now. Yeah. So had I taken a little more time with that, but then there was also a time crunch, you know, so what I probably should have done in retrospect uh, is maybe slow thing down, slow things down a bit and kind of look after, looked after myself at the beginning prior mm-hmm. to jumping into the next thing, which is kind of what I'm realizing now, even with that, a whole other career, school, all these different things, like being in this rehabilitation program, which I've pretty much just started. This is kind of the first time where I've had a break to, I guess, decompress mm-hmm. and really start reflecting on, okay, where am I now? Where am I at? What's going on? Things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. I, the 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 30-day releases are nice to be able to just like, ditch and run and be okay cool i'm done we're out but uh you know i was having this chat with many other vets and we always we've been saying that there should be something like an out camp right like we have boot camp there should be something where you just you don't report to your unit anymore but you still have pt in the morning you still like it's still a you just move to a different unit like a posting and you would do four or five months there and just like run through what's available to you, go through the VA procedures. And this is what you need to do. And this is how you sign these things off and blah, 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 blah. But that being said, uh, a lot of guys I know that are Sergeant above have a pretty, they have a much smoother transition. I've noticed just because they're used to doing paperwork. Whereas, you know, privates and corporals are not the best at paperwork. (laughs) Not to say that they're not great. Like some are, but more often than not, they just don't have the experience to do the grind and the emailing back and forth and talking to this person, that person, blah, blah, blah. Whereas when you're a sergeant warrant, you get pretty used to that. No, I, I agree. Absolutely. And I've got, I've got two points to add on that. One yeah. is, you know, when you start talking about the senior NCOs understand the processes, the systems, and they know what needs to be done where the junior members may not be a hundred percent familiar. So, you know, our recommendation for people that are getting ready to release um, from the Canadian Armed Forces, you got to understand the process. Like you have to understand every aspect of it. And that's why people are recommended at some point in their career, at least, you know, maybe a five-year outmark from the end of their contract to attend, you know, a scan seminar because it gives you all the tools and the information. Now, I think, you know, the content of the actual seminar itself may vary differently depending on which base it's being put on at and so on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the information itself um, is very valuable and it, it definitely sets the members up for success. And I mean, even the scans that I attended um, a couple of years previous to, to getting out, you know, they, the uh, BPSO would, would line up a career fair at the same time. So when you're done for the day doing your briefings, you'd go downstairs, uh, there'd be, there'd be tables set up uh, with different employers. Uh, and then they would also come and they would also talk to you, and, you know, give you their, their five-minute spiel on, you know, why you should join them and so on and so forth. And a lot of them were, you know, federal public federal public service as well. But but still, I mean, it's, it's better than, you know, somebody just opening the door and saying, hey, good luck. Uh, but talking about the paperwork and understanding the process and the administration, I don't want to go too much on a, a sidebar with this, but 
leadership, it comes down to the leadership. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's the individual section or platoon or company level, we, we know that, you know, things are pretty busy most times, but no matter what, at the end of the day, um, right up until the member is finished and it's their last day, like you're responsible for that individual. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for the, whether that, if that takes you having to carry them past, you know, carry them to the goal line, then, then that's what it takes. But you need to make sure that they're looked after up until the very last day and they're set up for success, success for their next bound, regardless of how you, how you feel about the individual. Yeah. And the reason why I mention that is because I've seen it time and time again where you get somebody that maybe, you know, served their initial contract and then they're like, yep, yeah, okay, I'm good. You know, I've had my experience. Uh, I enjoyed my time. I'm going to move on to, to something else. And then they're almost, they're almost looked at at times with a sense of disgust mm-hmm. or disdain. And How it's dare like, you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you mean you're leaving? What, that's, you're not allowed to do that. You know, how dare you abandon us? And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes, big rig. Mm-hmm. Like the guy signed, he did his time. He served his country. Okay. If he wants to move on to something else, we should be encouraging him to do that. And not only that, we should be looking after him right up until the very last minute because he may want to return one day. But yep. the last thing he's going to want to do is come back to, you know, that institution, the profession of arms, if you you left a bad taste in his mouth on the way out. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a real challenge. I mean, when I left Meaford, I love telling the story, but uh, I mean, you were there. But I had two <laughs> I had two months left of my contract. I had to walk into the Edges office and be like, "Hey, so should I be doing something? <laughs> is there stuff happening right now?" Um, so I don't I don't did get that. Now, also, my experiences in, Ed, in Edmonton are vastly different than in uh, your experiences in Petawawa too. So that's. Uh, as you said, it's leadership, right? If mm. the if the unit takes care of you as you're exiting, it actually this is the funny thing, and I, I say this quite regularly. It behooves the nation to have healthy veterans enter the workforce, right? Because it looks good. Because if you have healthy veterans that are leading the country forward, or leading their businesses forward, or leading a good life forward, then all of the people that see that go, oh, wow, he must have learned that stuff in the military. And maybe they're more likely to join the military in future generations. But if you have, you know, kind of what we have now where you have a mixed bag of guys who are, some are pissed off, some are, uh, you know, like, whatever, it was a good time. Some are saying it was the best time of their lives. Some of them are saying the experience, like, it's just, you know, you're not getting uh, an even story. and. You know what I mean? No, I I do, and it's you're yeah. not, you know. You want people to serve. You want people, to, and, and whether that's whether that's in the Canadian Armed Forces, or that's in any of you know the the different types of organizations, whether it's federally or provincially, um, that are first responders or that are doing hard jobs and making hard decisions and, and looking after the individuals in that country. Like you want people to speak highly of those institutions. Yeah, and when they don't, people start to ask questions. Well, why is this? Yeah, and you know it, when you, we keep talking about like the leadership and and the administration and stuff. And I, I remember years ago, I got a great piece of advice when I was younger. Uh, when I was in Bosnia, my section commander gave me a great piece of advice. He said, "Ash, I know you despise paperwork." 
But he said, in order to be a good leader and to make the big wheel, the big machine move and the wheel to go round, you have to understand the paperwork. You have to master the administrative process. That will set you up for success moving forward in looking after your people. That's a great and I point. took that I, I took that on board. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know how many I don't know how many things in the military I actually mastered, but I was pretty proficient in the administration process, and then that did uh, have a knock on effect, and it allowed me to uh, to be able to properly brief my my personnel. Uh, and yeah. look after them uh, as best as I possibly could. Yeah, I totally agree. Understanding the admin portion of it is something that we don't push enough because, yeah, it sucks. But if you can do it, if you're good at it, it's done quickly. And then you don't have to deal with it anymore, right? Like if it's done, it's done. Cool. Um, but also, if you need to write a memo or you need, like, oh, shit happens, you're like, oh, crap, I need something like now then you usually have a template. Like I always, I had templates for everything. If I needed a template for a memo, bang, here it is. I just changed some of the numbers, add little pieces here and there, done. And uh, because it, I don't like paperwork. Who likes paperwork? <laughs> That's not a fun thing. But uh, no, it, it's, it, and it's, when we know in the military, you know, you think about like the D1 and, and uh, ASIMs and these different programs it's a difficult landscape enough as it is to try and navigate. And it's not as if a lot of this inform it's not as if there's a lot of set courses where this information is disseminated to the members and they can get their check in the box and then actually have an understanding. Like they either need to painstakingly suffer through it mm-hmm. or they need to constantly ask other individuals or they need to, to, you know, try and seek out and find where these, these, um, you know, what these processes are and, and, the information is there, but it's just very difficult to find. And I mean, you know, like, the, like the, you know, the forces has a, a manual of abbreviations, right? It's like 700 plus pages and, and it's nothing, you know, we're nothing but short form and abbreviations and it's good for brevity, Yeah. but it also creates a lot of confusion. And if people just spent a little more time in understanding what the acronyms actually meant of the various different programs and systems required to execute their personnel's administration, they would know exactly where to go and what to do and where to find it. Yeah. Like I, I still have all my engineer docs. I, I still have them. And I, I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of them. I don't see myself building a bridge anytime soon, but, but I have the bridge pants. Well, somebody's going to ask for them. You got to hold on to those calcs. You never know when you're going to need them. Man, I, I have my, uh, I have my blasting calculations in my truck in the door just <laughs> just a piece of paper just right there just i, I don't have mine in my truck in my door but i do have them around yeah well gotta have gotta have them somewhere close right um so what we wanted to talk about today in general um was routines because when we were talking earlier you had told me that you know something that you've used throughout your time in and time out to maintain your lifestyle right and I just wanted to, you know, how do you build your routine? Because everybody has their own routines, right? And I wanted to know how you go through the process of it. Okay. I say there's some layers to that question. Just so a few. I'll start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll try. I'll, I'll I'll try and start at what I think might be the beginning. So mm-hmm. we, we all kind of know and have an, an idea of things that we've heard 
from other people or successful people, books we've read, um, even things that we've maybe viewed on social media that, you know, things like affirmations, visualization, um, meditation, these are all positive and, and very rewarding things. Exercise, um, write, uh, reading, scribing, journaling, these are all things that make the super successful people where they are at that point in time. Uh, and it continues to enhance and add to their level of success. So I think there's a couple of very prominent people when we talk about, you know, things like discipline, right? Jocko being mm-hmm. one of the very big people when it comes to discipline, hence books and publications and, you know, things that he's written about, but he's not wrong. And no. I think most people subconsciously know that they just may not want to admit it out loud or, you know, or turn around and be like, you know what? I need to, I need to make myself a little more accountable. I'm going to get up at four 30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Now I agree with, with him getting up super early in the morning because I think I think you should suffer a little bit every day because it's good for the soul. And the very first way to set yourself up for success is to get up super early in the morning, beat the sun up. You've already got to jump on the day. Yeah. Now, people are going to have different processes of what that looks like. Um, but uh, I read a book recently, and it's called uh, The Miracle Morning. How to be, you know, super successful before 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And there's a good acronym in there to use as a reference, um, and it's called SAVERS. So it stands for silence. So whether that's meditation uh, or just sitting silently reflecting, affirmations, visualization, mm-hmm. exercise, reading, and scribing and or journaling, which is the exact same things that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about kids, kids need structure. And that structure comes in the form of a routine. Mm-hmm. If a child needs it, just because an adult gets older doesn't mean that the adult doesn't need it. And if you think about it all the time, we think about motivation. Um, the motivation is what gets you started in this journey. Mm-hmm. But it's discipline that keeps you going. But all of that is achieved through a routine. That's the vessel that you use to get the work done. It's got to be structured. You got to lay it out. Mm-hmm. Because when you're being super busy or you have you know, tons of things on, people would always say, as an example, you know, oh, I don't have time for that. Oh, I'm too busy for that. I wish I had enough time to get to that. Well, the reason why you don't have enough time to get to that is because you don't have a routine. It's because you're not taking the time the night before to write out your day and block off your time and use your time wisely to set yourself up for success and get the work done. That's why. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. I hear that a lot too, right? I don't have time for this or where am I going to find the time? And I always say, you know, it's about making time. You can't, you can't just like hope that it's going to show up and be like, Oh, I got a free hour. Cool. I'm going to go do whatever. Right. Because in that free hour, you're going to be, I don't know, going to the bathroom, scroll on your phone. You're going to be making coffee. You're like, you'll fill time if you don't have something in that block. 
and I do it too. I do it all the time. <laughs> I'll be sitting on my phone and I'll be like, oh, okay, so I don't have to go pick up my boy for like 30 minutes. What should I do? And I'll just sit there like scrolling along, scrolling along, and then all of a sudden the time's gone. You're like, oh shit, I gotta go get it. I gotta, and I, off I go to do that thing that's blocked off, right? But if you don't specifically put the time down <laughs> to do something. Uh, I think you know, electronics and, and definitely social media, it's the way, you know, we, we manage them in our lives. Like for the most part, nowadays they're, you know, they're controlling us. We're not controlling them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're allowing them to dictate how we spend our time. And, you know, I mean, you got to give credit to the manufacturers, right? Of the job. various devices and social media platforms, right? They, yep. they use science, they use science, they use medicine, they use it to their advantage to realize that these colors and these sounds and these symbols, all these things release dopamine. It makes us feel good. And we constantly want more and more and more and more. And I think understanding how they were designed and understanding how it affects you, you can use that information to start taking it back and start winning the fight. You know, like, how many people, when they get up in the morning, first thing they do is they look at the phone. 90% of the people that own phones. <laughs> yeah. I put that I put that on silent. Yeah. I got, like, the do not disturb thing on, you know, only a number that calls, you know, within two minutes or five minutes or whatever it is. If it calls again twice, we'll allow it to go through. You mm-hmm. know, I, I got a home phone. If there's a problem, call the home phone. Um, you know, people putting the phones beside the bed it becoming the new alarm clock. Like there's layers into reasons as to why a lot of these things are affecting us. But at the end of the day, it, it just takes the first step. Yeah. Yeah. What a lot of people, like, you know, when they say, I don't have time for this, or I don't have time for something. Well, it's bet you're better doing something. Even if that something is five minutes, even if it's 10 minutes, mm-hmm. even if it's 15 minutes, because if you don't take the first step, you're never going to start moving towards the direction you want to get to. Absolutely. And if you start out incrementally, that motive, you can find the motivation to do something for five minutes. And then when you consistently start doing it and the motivation fades, but the discipline keeps you going, that routine is going to be there. It's going to set in and become a habit. And you're now going to have that habit. All you need to do is add a layer to it and then add a layer to it. Add a layer to it. Before you know it, you're doing that whole Sabres program I just talked about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it It reminds me of uh, a story I heard on social media a little while ago. I don't know how true this is, but it, it's a great story anyway. And it was about a guy who lost a ton of weight. And how he did it was <clears throat> he forced himself to go to the gym for five minutes every day, but no more than five minutes. So he would just show up. You know, it's enough time to get changed and sit on a machine and maybe one rep and then out he would go. And he did that for, you know, months. And then he said, okay, well, now I'm going to be here for 10 minutes. And then he would go for 10 minutes for months. And it became the routine of just going there that enabled him to continue to work out because he was just every day he would be there whether it's five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, didn't matter. He was there. And that's that, uh, that's the routine. You get used to being there. And there's been, I mean, how often do we do this, right? You're driving down the road, you're supposed to go somewhere, you're going to point X, right? But 
along that same route is my son's school. And I am driving along and I'm driving along and now I'm going to my son's school and I'm like, oh crap, wait. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be going here. And you got to, you know, flip a quick UE or turn left or whatever. But it's because the routine is there so that when your mind wanders or you're not actively looking at something else, your brain will go to the routine. This is the routine. This is what I always do. Here it is. Boom, 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 boom. It's the same thing we use drills for, right? Why do we, why do we sit in a room with six people or seven or eight people and go over the load over and over and over and over and over? It's so that when somebody calls load, you're doing it before you're thinking about it. Yeah, so it's so. We, you know, we train. We train to the point of of those movements becoming intuitive. You know, people use different words, right? Reactionary, instinctive, whatever that is. But you do it to the point it becomes intuitive. You don't have to put a lot of thought behind it. Mm-hmm. Do you find that your uh, your development of routines would it does your because you use routine a lot? You're a pretty structured guy. <laughs> Do you find that when you need to input something new or develop uh, develop one of your routines a little bit based on new information or something like that, do you find that it becomes like a drill where you just have to grind it out for a little bit? I think having an understanding of why you're wanting to implement that into your current routine uh, pays dividends. Hmm. So, you know, I don't think routine should be so rigid to that you're not willing to experience or try new things because you're not really going to grow from that. You know, I mean, we don't need to constantly reinvent the wheel here, but, you know, we can create and find efficiencies in the structure of our routine and the things that we're doing. And an example, a perfect example would be, you know, exercise. So working out. So you're crushing a workout of the day, but maybe, you know, you start moving into sports-specific training because maybe you want to train for a triathlon or maybe you're training for a marathon. Well, your program is going to have to be slightly different. So even though you're doing exercise that day, the exercise itself is going to have to be different. You might have to cut back from strength training. You might have to amp up more on uh, longer-distance runs. Whatever the example is, there has to be flexibility in there. That's a great point. I think even with structure, I think you should always be reevaluating and looking at it and adjusting even the times that you allocate and you block off for those different individual things with, let's just say, your morning routine. Because I I personally believe that your most important thing is your morning routine. It sets you up for success for the day. It sets up the day. Uh, And if you start winning the day as soon as you get out of bed, then, you know what I mean, by the time you go to bed, you can rest your head on your pillow and be like, you know what? I was successful today. I got the work done. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, sometimes depending on what your goals are, as your goals change, you may need to adjust those different periods of time uh, for the various different types of things that you're doing in your routine. So it shouldn't be rigid. And you should definitely, you should definitely expand and explore uh, and try and get the best out of it. You know, because let's face it, we're talking about time, right? And yeah. time is the number one commodity on earth. It's the one thing that you can never get back. Yep. So if you're not using it wisely, my advice to you is start doing so. (laughs) 
Well, when, when was, there's that old adage, when is the best time to plant a tree? 25 years ago. When's the second best time to plant a tree? Right fucking now. <laughs> yeah, sure. It would have been great. Like you could start back then, but all you got is right now. So just start. And you know, it actually reminds me, it helps depending on your mindset. It helps for me. If you start looking at things in something you understand. So I look at laziness or um, apathy or something like that more as an enemy. And when we were overseas and you're we talking about the enemy, um, routine was something we didn't want initially. <laughs> the the trick as you're at, uh, as you pointed out is that we have to have room for spontaneity, right? You have to be, okay, this is the patrol. This is the layout of the patrol. This is the spacing we're all going to be using about, and then, oh, you know what? I don't want to go down this road. We're going to turn left here, right? And then you're going to go down that road, but you're still going to end up at the same point. So your, um, the routine is still the same. We're still going on a patrol, but there's spontaneity involved in that because you have to be able to adjust for incoming factors, right? If you have a morning routine that says, I'm going to wake up at 4.30 and uh, I'm going to work out and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and then I'm going to take my kids to school and then I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. Well, what happens if your kid's sick, right? He can't go to school. Oh, well, shit, that you could let that throw your whole day off and be like, the plan is ruined, Rah! right? Or you can be like, okay, well, now I need to adjust. And then that, figure it out from there. That that does happen, though. Like, yeah. you know, uh, so somebody may, like, let's say, let's say somebody says, okay, I, tomorrow morning I'm going to go for a run. Mm-hmm. Well, they get dressed, they open the door. And maybe it's just pissing out. And they're like, nope, turn around, right back in the house, I'll do something else. And it's like, yeah, but it's like, you know what? Nope. I'm going out there. Yeah. It's, you know, it it, it almost adds to, you know, your mental robustness, right? Like, do what you you say you're going to do. So there's, I mean, there's other, there's other things that are going to benefit you from having a routine, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, a routine also forces you to persevere, especially when you're dealing with like environmental elements or time crunches. It's like, Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time to do a workout today because I got a super busy work schedule or maybe I got company coming over or something happened where you said, you know, a kid's sick and this and that. It's like, no, no, no. You find the time. The work's mm-hmm. got to get done. You just have to ask yourself, and look at, you need to look at your schedule. You need to look at what you've planned for that day. And you need to start saying, okay, where can I find more time? And you know where the number one and easy, easiest thing it is to probably find time? Where? Less sleep to get the work done. <laughs> and nobody is likes that, that right? Way. Yeah. But that's, you know what I mean? And you need, and you need sleep, right? You need sleep because it's, you know, when you need sleep, it's your, your body recovers, right? Your mind recovers, right? Flushes out all the bad stuff, brings in all the good nutrients that you have for the next day. But, you know, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. That's part of the grind, right? That's Absolutely. the, you know, when we go through training, when we go through basic and SQ and threes, we don't get a shit ton of sleep because there's work to be done, Right. And you're also training your body to be able to handle sleep deprivation and a few other things. And 
what you what I found was that I instead of getting good at uh, not being able to sleep or you know getting good at sleep deprivation, what I found was that I found efficiencies throughout the day. Right, if you sleep on top of your cot instead of in the blankets, uh, or like on top of your bed in basic training, you sleep on the bed instead of being in the blankets. It's easier to make your bed in the morning. That cuts off, you know, a good 45 seconds worth of messing around first thing in the morning. Um, you know, pre-shining your boots the night before so you don't have to do it in the morning. It's like little things that just, you start to add efficiencies, which allowed you, which allow you to add time. But you don't actually figure those out unless you're being put through the stress. And sometimes you just, you don't get sleep <laughs> the way it is sometimes. Uh, so... If I could just add on that, I think yeah. I think a big oh. factor, a big factor about people maybe being hesitant to get some to get the work done, um, is they don't have a plan. So I mean, if you're not, if the night before, if you're not cracking open a book, a notepad, whatever that is, if you're not writing out what you should be accomplishing the next day, like if you're not writing out, you know, your your daily big three items that you need to accomplish to feel that you've you've won the day like you've done something you've got something done to end off on a positive note if you're not planning that out and blocking off that time uh, you need to start doing that like because if you've already done that all you need to do the next morning is okay what's the first thing on the schedule okay there it is there it is there it is like i overuse a calendar as well as my notebook mm mm-hmm. mhm and I'll compare, you know, it's like, it's that hybrid mix of old school pen and paper and utilizing technology. I'll utilize the technology to keep me on track, you know, with alarms and reminders, things of that nature. But I need to put pen to paper to feel connected to the planning and the ideas and the brainstorming because it also makes me feel good about what I'm going to potentially accomplish once I start putting the work in. Mm-hmm. There is a nice feeling to checking something off, like physically checking it off or, you know, doing a strike through or whatever you want to do, but yeah, there's every, a nice feeling to it. Everything I write in my book starts off with a hollow box and then whatever it is, every single line item, whatever, doesn't matter, whatever it is, it starts off the box and then so I can just go down and just check, check, check all the way down. That's It's, it's a good feeling. And, you know, I think... I think the physical nature of it, as you said, connects you to the job, the task itself. But what I think it does, it also, it this is a really bad use of the word, but it makes it permanent, right? Instead of, uh, yeah, I should get this done. And, you know, in your head, you're, I'll, I'll get this done tomorrow. If it's on the piece of paper, like this, this shit needs to get done. Like so it becomes a permanent thing. It's not just some flittery thing that's going through your mind. It's an actual event. This needs to take this needs to take place. Well, sh sure, it's it's like smart goals. Yeah. Right. So, like, like what gets written down gets measured, and what gets mm -hmm. measured gets accomplished. If you're not doing that, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like Do you're it just, wrong. You heard it yeah, here you're just, first. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> you just you're just it. you're just you're just creating confusion for yourself. Yeah. Uh, you're just making things harder for yourself. Uh, and you're just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. 
I um I I have my my psychologist hit me with this once and she was like cuz I like to keep things scheduled. And I have my schedule on my phone and it keeps my that's for like my big blocks of time if you know for my podcast or for editing or whatever I have to do. And I have a calendar where we write stuff in where it's like oh I got a massage here, I got timings that the family needs to uh, needs to know about. And uh I used to beat myself up constantly if I didn't make something. Like if I shit went down and you know the car broke down or any number of things could have happened, right? I can't make it to that appointment, or I didn't get this done, or this one ran long, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I would get angry at myself, angry that I did not get line item X done. And my psychologist once told me, she's like, it's good to understand that you don't like something being done, but you also need to give yourself grace based on the fact that shit happens. (laughs) And... If you missed a phone call because your kid slammed their foot in the door and is screaming your head off, okay, you missed the phone call. Move it on. Like, put it somewhere else in your time block and still accomplish it. Just do it later. But just don't beat yourself up about it because especially guys uh, with post-traumatic stress or people dealing with anxiety disorders and things like that, that can become crippling not being able to maintain that. So I just wanted to add that little point point in there to have grace, to give yourself a little bit of room because the world is crazy and weird things happen. And that's just the way it is. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people, they definitely beat themselves up maybe a little too much. Uh, and you know, we're, we're talking about routine here. We're talking about being self-disciplined, um, mm-hmm. you know, so we can get stuff done. But on the same note, you know, in that routine, when you're making that schedule, you're coming up with that plan, you know, you can, you can put a little, little, little session in there for maybe some white, white space, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a little session in there where all you do is you put on your headset, you turn on some, you turn on some music that you like. And for the next 20 minutes, you just relax. That's, I mean, that's still accomplishing something. You still put something down and you mm-hmm. still got it done. So I, I think if you, you know, especially when it comes to motivation, uh, you know, and uh, if we constantly and beat ourselves up like you were like you were saying, then we become demotivated, yeah. uh, and it becomes harder and harder to to get to get stuff done. And then guys end up, you know, they end up in a hole, and then it's harder to crawl yourself out of that. It's the same as working out, right? It's easier to maintain, even if that maintenance is three days a week of whatever it is for working out, than it is to not do anything for you know, a year and then try and get back into it. It's always harder to come back. So Mm -hmm. even if you can maintain, you know, the smallest amount of whatever that is, um, you know, it'll pay dividends. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And I think um, the humility to understand that it's okay. (laughs) If if that's all you can do right now is maintain a, a physical, a level that you want. Okay. That's fine. It like it doesn't need to be uh, constantly driving, constantly going forward. Sometimes you do need a maintenance period where you just chill. And I love mm-hmm. the the idea of scheduling white space in there. That is super important to give yourself time. Um, but also for um, extracurricular activities, 
right? It can't be all business all the time. Got to, got to get this done. Got to get this done. Got to get this done. You got to have those things that you enjoy, that you really love doing, but are still hard. <laughs> this is where I always bring up jujitsu, but <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. Rock climbing. It could be riding, horseback riding. It could be any something that you really enjoy that you want you need to maintain in that schedule because if you if it's all work that's balls <laughs> no I, I i agree and you know it, one one step at a time right one foot mm -hmm. in front of the other you need to you need to achieve those small victories um because they'll start they'll start to compound and as they compound you'll just get better and better but uh, i mean you know life needs to be a little bit fun too so being able to, and whether those activities are hard, like you're saying, uh, but having them in there and doing things that you enjoy, but the, at the end of the day, it's still structured. You put it in a routine, you're getting the work done. So it's all positive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always try to espouse the challenge, but again, cause it, it's something that you can measure against and I, so from my own personal experience, I don't like, I'm a pretty lazy guy. Let me put it this way. <laughs> I'm a pretty lazy guy, but I'm like the smart kind of lazy where I like to just, I want to get everything done as quickly as possible so that I can be lazy for longer. <laughs> um, but usually I don't ever have any time because I constantly fill it with stuff to do that challenges me. And the reason I like that challenge is as you said, it's, it's a measurable effect, right? I am getting better at jujitsu every time. And it, every day I'm not going to see it, but there's going to be a point where I tap somebody out that I, with a move that I've been practicing. Huzzah, right? There's the win. Cool. Get back to the work. Now you can move on, but it's about being able to, uh, see the goal, make adjustments as necessary against that challenge. And then succeed huzzah and then start over again because you can't rest on your laurels right you can't just like cool man i'm done we're good check we're check. good here yeah we're good here yeah and i think that's uh that's the continuation of it right your your routine sets you up for success as you said but you still have to challenge yourself you still have to keep moving forward keep driving keep uh Keep making it harder on yourself. If it becomes easy, if it becomes, as we said earlier, if it becomes that same thing every day with no change, where does your motivation go? What's that? Uh, what's that saying in Shawshank Redemption? Is it get get busy living or get busy dying? Yeah, it's yeah. That's a great point. That uh, it's it's funny because I've been thinking about this last little while. There, there's so many quotes so many sayings so many things and they all say the get they all say the same thing right <laughs> basically um but it's it's very important to be able to hear it a certain way and i i mean i say this lots of many most of the podcasts i've ever done was uh there was a point in time that i started learning certain lessons right i was reading extreme ownership and i'm like oh fuck, of course that makes so much sense right you start learning about um uh as i started learning in jujitsu as we were talking earlier right i had these little epiphanies as i go like oh this applies to this and applies to that blah blah, blah. and it's really easy to, to like 
uh, <laughs> to wear yourself down and be like, ah, oh, shit, as we said earlier, right? Like, ah, oh, crap. I wish I had known this 10 years ago. And I look back after I learned stuff about leadership and I look back at my career in the military and I was like, oh, that's why that happened. <laughs> oh, that's why that happened. I see now. And I also started to realize that there were people trying to tell me this and trying to teach me those lessons, but I was not ready to hear it or I wasn't hearing it correctly. I needed it uh, explained in a different manner. And I have this example from jujitsu. So I used to have a really bad uh, bridge. I just, I couldn't get, I couldn't get up high enough. It, I was giving myself all the excuses in the world, right? Like, oh, I got a bad back. There's no way I can get that kind of force in there. There's not enough power. My legs are too long for something like whatever I could come up with. And uh, the instructor was showing it to somebody else. And I heard him say, kind of as an offhand remark it's like going over a high jump bar you got to roll your shoulder underneath as you go up and I, and it just like exploded in my head I'm like i used to do high jump <gasps> i know how it works and the moment i did it i like threw myself over completely and i'm like oh yeah there it is <laughs> you're like this I, entire time are you kidding me <laughs> exactly exactly well that's you know that details matter right the details matter they really do. And I just, it's, it's one of those things that you, again, you don't really realize until you're older that sometimes it's just the way somebody's saying it. Sometimes you need that, that extra little bit of context or, um, for it really to take hold. And I think routine was that for me because I didn't really understand routine until actually probably me for when I started teaching and I realized how important it was to keep my routine so that I could keep the troops routine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas before is, you know, private corporal going through the army, just somebody tells you to do something. You're like, all right, off you go. And then you go back and sit down <laughs> you wait for somebody to tell you to do something. Okay. Off you go. But there was no, uh, except for PT and stuff, but yeah, I didn't really understand it until I started teaching. So uh, I just forgot my question, but whatever. Um, we've been rolling for <laughs> a little bit around an hour now. Um, do you think you have any final points on routine that we haven't covered already? Uh, I would say that going back to don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't be too hard on yourself. You know, the first thing you got to do is take the first step. Mm. So like you, like that great example you got, you gave of somebody that lost, an extreme amount of weight and all he did was, you know, just showed up. Right. And that's what you got to do. You just have to show up. And, you know, I think the easiest way to start it is, you know, get up early in the morning. And I know a lot of people don't like to do that. I know, I know a lot of people don't like to do that, but you know, if you think about it, you know, it's when I, when I go back to when I said that, uh, you know, I think, I think you should suffer a little bit every day because it's good for the soul. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no easier way of suffering than getting up at 4.30 in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning. That's and a great point. Putting your running gear on <laughs> with minus 25, minus 30 Celsius and opening the door and going, all right, we're, oh. we're doing this. 
one foot in front of the other yeah and getting it done yeah it's <laughs> it's so true i i am not a morning person i never have been um and i don't like it but i'm kind of thinking about waking up earlier now not quite 4 30 <laughs> but maybe earlier than i have been <laughs> uh well i you know it's funny i had this conversation with a buddy of mine and uh he had made a statement online and he was like you know we we usually challenge ourselves within our ballywick right within our wheelhouse to a degree so you know if you're a pretty fit guy and you want to challenge yourself well there you're gonna challenge yourself through fitness or you know or uh, if you're a really intelligent person that loves reading you might challenge yourself to read more it you know it we try to stay within our lane a little bit and just challenge ourselves within that uh range and uh he had stated that how often do we actively find something that is outside of our realm and challenge ourselves with it? And that's, as you said, the, the only way to do that is to do it. <laughs> Just left, right. Well, your, your buddy was right. I mean, and, and the reason for that is fear or failure. Yeah. Right. Oh, the only way, to, the only way to grow is to fail. Over and over. That's and the only over. way to grow. And people fear that. But I mean, remember, fear stands for something. It stands for false expectations appearing real. Mm, another acronym. Here we go. <laughs> the Army programmed a lot of them in here. Yeah, it's all up there. It, it, it's accurate, though. I mean, studying the brain and studying how trauma works and how our brains link memory and all these things what I realized is that most of our reactions are instinctual reactions. And the only reason they're instinctual reactions is because, you know, millennia ago, somebody failed hard and everyone else was like, Oh, let's not do that again. <laughs> you know, like uh, somebody tried to pet a saber toothed tiger and he got ripped to shreds and everyone else in the family was like, don't pet those run away instead uh but you're you're absolutely right that's exactly what it is and it uh if we don't fail we don't learn and i i would go to for, so far as to say if you don't fail hard you don't learn those those really uh core memory kind of deals where they they stick in your head and you're like mm -hmm, well sometimes mm -hmm. people just need to fail remember what we used to say in the army we used to look at something really bad and be like watch watch what's going to happen over here Mm -hmm. And you see it, you see it begin to unfold, especially when you've already told the individual like, Hey man, don't do that. Like, cause if you do that, this is what's going to happen. And if this happens, this is what will also happen. There was a knock on effect. And then you give it some time and that individual goes and does that anyways. Mm -hmm. And then something happens. And then you look at the guy beside you and you're like, Hey, remember what I was talking about? Like, yeah. You're like, you know what that is? What? Call it a self-correcting error. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm there's there's those times right and you know i actually remember i was on sq way back when and i was staring at the gagetown landscape right on my c9 looking uh, at the trees for hours hours and hours and uh i fell asleep 100 like i was out fucking cold and my buddy walks over and he kicks me and he's like dude wake up the oc's here he's doing an inspection do not fall asleep and i was like roger 100 got it Oh, cool. mm -hmm. And 
All I, the next thing I remember was him sitting, uh, kneeling beside me and I hearing a voice going, and who do we have here? And I like look over half asleep, still waking up. And all I see is bars. And I'm like, Hey, sir. <laughs> so I'm like, going. He's like, what are you up to here? Uh, Zapper? I'm like, watch my arcs. Like, really? What are your arcs? And again, I just woke up. I'm still like phased. And I'm like that tree about 400 meters. Right. He was laughing. I never fell asleep on, uh, on the defensive ever again. Like, <laughs> that was, that was the hard lesson. Cause my Sergeant, he came and told me afterwards, he's like, are you ever going to do that again? I'm like, mm -mm. nope. I'm, su I'm surprised you didn't immediately wake up and be like, my archer tied in too. <laughs> I, I was so shocked that I think I, the fact that I fell asleep again, I was just like, oh my God. Um, but with that lesson that I learned, I did the exact same thing to one of the recruits in Meaford. He fell, fell asleep on the C9 and I walked up beside him he didn't move and I knelt down beside him. He didn't move. And I looked in his eyes from the front and he was out cold. And, uh, it was me and, uh, Ryan were out there. <laughs> I ripped the C9 out from underneath him and he woke up and he just looked at me and then he tried to look away. And there was Ryan on the other side. <laughs> and he looked back at me. And he's like, won't happen again. Mass Corporal. I'm like, good. Here's your C9. <laughs> and, uh, but it, I'm, glad, I'm glad we clarified that. Yeah, exactly. Right. It was just one of those things that sometimes you have to learn the hard lesson and that's okay. Um, so yeah, we've, uh, again, I can't thank you enough for being on here, brother. This has been an awesome chat. I think there's some really great points across the board about starting and maintaining a routine. Uh, if, are you on social media? Do you want people following on social media or should we just like <laughs> pretend you don't exist and be like, Hey everybody, this guy is not here. Yeah. yeah. I saw him once, but I'm not exactly sure <laughs> where he went or where, yeah. who he is. I, do you want me to blur your face out and like change your voice? Uh, no, that's, that's quite all right. No, no yeah. I, this, this is actually my, my first podcast, but, um, um, no, I, I, I'm not, uh, big or super active on social media. Uh, maybe we'll I'll visit that and 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 you know expand that at some other point later on mm -hmm. down the line. But uh, yeah, right. Okay. Well, yeah, then, there's uh, only there's only so much time in a day, and I need to allocate it appropriately. Right. And development That's... is more important than social media. What if the development is in social media? Oh, right. I'll just what guess if... what. I'll just have to block that time out there and get done. <laughs> Love it. Awesome, brother. Well, I, again, I can't thank you enough. This has been awesome. And uh, I'm I'm going to get you back on here at another point. We're going to talk about something else, but not sure what yet. <laughs> I, I mean, I only know so much, right? So, I mean, like, you're, you're, you're pretty much, we're almost at a, the exhaustion point here. So <laughs> I can only draw so much, so much, you only get so much blood from a stone, right? Uh, all right, brother. I, I can't thank you enough. This has been outstanding and uh we'll see you next time i guess yeah no i i appreciate it and for uh for a first podcast it wasn't too bad not too bad <laughs> that concludes this episode of the toolbox i really appreciate y'all listening it has been my pleasure bringing you this awesome guest if you like what you heard please like share subscribe and do all that awesome stuff and i hope you can use some of the information that was offered to all those putting on the line every day first responders military veterans, civil servants, you guys are keeping us safe and keeping the country running. 
I really appreciate y'all. Hope to see you next time. Till then, stay open, stay humble, and stay focused. She won't.